0: Living a healthy, balanced life is no small feat, especially when you're a mom. With meals to cook, laundry to load, work to do, and humans to raise, it can be easy to feel like we're in an on-again, off-again relationship with healthy living. But it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe living a healthy life has become way too complicated. What we need isn't a new plan or program telling us what to eat or how to live. We need simple, uncomplicated routines and information that's going to help us live our best, most beautiful life without rules and restrictions. Join me, Kristen Dofniak, holistic health coach, certified intuitive eating counselor, and mama of two for weekly conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life uncomplicate eating and simplify in every area of mom life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Healthy Balanced Mama podcast. We have another Q&A episode. I am here with Danielle Havens again for our last Q&A of 2021. I am so excited about this topic. We are talking about New Year's goals and having a healthy, balanced
1: new year. Danielle, how are you feeling? I'm, I can't listening to you say that. I can't believe that it's the last Q and a of 2021 and that 2022 is right around the corner. It's really exciting. I am feeling excited. Um, and also at the same time right now, I'm feeling like I want things to, to slow down and be really (laughs) present for the, the rest of the year. Um, and yeah, how are you feeling?
0: I am good. I mean, I was just sharing with you about uh, feeling a little tired today. (laughs) I'm trying Mm -hmm. to also wrap up all of the things for the end of the year in terms of my business, recording podcast episodes. I have one more podcast episode to record next week, and then I'm done with all podcasts of 2021. And uh, just kind of wrapping things up with work. And then looking forward to taking some time off at the end of the year. I am going to do a whole social media break from the 24th. I don't know if I talked about this in our last Q and A, but from like the Christmas Eve until New Year's Eve, I'm going to do, and I'm thinking it might even be until January 1st, but we'll see what, how I feel on New Year's Eve, but I'm going to take like a full week off of social media. I did that this summer and it was so nice and take a little break and I just hang out with my family too. Cause I'm I'm ready for it. I love what I do, but I'm ready for a break.
1: <laughs> yes. And sometimes when you're so excited and passionate about what you do, it's it's hard to give yourself breaks because you're constantly com- maybe coming up with ideas or being inspired or wanting to finish what you're working on. So it's important to take a break. I love that idea of the social media break. You may have inspired me to do one as well. <laughs>
0: Oh, it's so nice. And it's, it was hard. Like the first day I did it, it was very difficult, especially because when I did it this summer, it was right before we went camping. And so I like the first day we weren't camping and I was like, Oh, I just want to check Instagram or I just want to check Facebook. (laughs) I didn't even feel the need to post anything. I just kind of wanted to check it, but I deleted the apps mm-hmm. off my phone. So like I had to like re-download them afterwards. And after a day, it was so freeing and it felt so good. And it's just, it's an easier way. It's an easy way to be more present, I think. So yeah, I'm excited about it. And I totally agree yeah. that like I I am very passionate about what I do. So it is very easy to just be constantly thinking about it. My husband actually like jokingly said to me, you're not really going to take a break. I'm like, yes, I am. Cause I've been calling it our staycation. And he's like, yeah, right. I'm like, (laughs) he like took out the calendar. He's like, Chris works, Chris works, Christmas. Chris won't work. Chris works. Chris. I'm like, no, (laughs) no, I will take some time off. My husband is a very hard worker. He's fantastic at what he does but he's very good at resting. So I need to take a Mm -hmm. nod from him.
1: (laughs) Yes. I actually, that was a post I posted about today was about rest being productive and how like ideas on how to do less during your rest time and rest designated rest time. So yeah. Yeah. Rest is productive.
0: It is. I love that. I actually forced myself to rest yesterday afternoon because it's monday today and yesterday was sunday and we had a nice little family afternoon and then we got home and the kids just wanted some chill out time and i was so tempted to open my computer and work and so i like put my computer away hid my phone and i grabbed a book and i was like you were gonna read for the next little bit and the kids were happy they just were chilling out they were watching a movie and i read and it was so nice so I agree. And I felt so good after. So I agree. Rest is productive. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's go ahead and start to kind of dive into today's topic. So I thought that we would start by just kind of maybe reminiscing a little bit and talking about how we approached the new year in the past when maybe we weren't so balanced. So how, how did you kind of approach the new year in the past before you were kind of in this, in this balanced place in your life?
1: Yeah, um, that's a really great question. And thinking back, it's, it's amazing to see how far I've come, but also like, I, I know I still have places to grow, so I'm glad we're talking about it tonight Um, or today, whenever you're listening (laughs) So for me personally, I, I remember feeling a lot of pressure, um, and energy, and I don't know if I would describe it as necessarily good energy, um, like building up to the new year, but more like I would describe it as frantic energy or, um, anxious energy feeling like a new year is coming, a year has come and gone, and maybe I'm not to the place that I thought I would be. And that felt like a lot of pressure. And for me, in my personal experience, I really feel like this started happening around college time for me, um, when there was a lot of school stress. And um, I was in nursing school, so that was, wasn't was the, e- <laughs> the easiest time of my life. Um, also working and being in a relationship and having changing family dynamics um, as you're growing up into an adult. So I would say that in the past for me, the new year felt like a lot of pressure. And at the same time, I would check in on social media or maybe talk with friends or peers or classmates about what they were going to do in the new year. And that kind of exacerbated things. So I felt like the marketing was directly catered to me in terms of like workout plans or, um, I'm just going to, I don't know, like fit in 30 days or like commit for 30 days type of programs um, would feel really appealing to me at that time. Like it would feel like a great step to get me going in the right direction and where I am now, I feel like I can participate in some sort of maybe um, movement or workout schedule without being so um, all or nothing about it. Um, But at the time in the past, past me would feel really frantic, really anxious and want to dive right in and use that energy to quote, like work really hard. Um, And so that's how kind of, I would approach the new year in the past. And at the time it didn't feel like this was unhealthy. In fact, it felt like that was the normal thing to do and it felt like accepted and I felt as if I, I was having a purpose and it made me, um, a better person for having a drive. However, I know that from all the work that I've done with intuitive eating and mindfulness and reflecting and journaling and therapy and all the work I've done over the years, um, that it definitely was, um, a lot of diet culture that I was taking on and embodying, <laughs> And trying to keep up with what messages social media and was um, sending my way. So that's what it looked like in the past for me. I'm happy to report that this year it doesn't feel like that um, at all. However, um, I I am still really looking forward to the new year, and I I do have a lot of energy. But I feel like it's coming from a different space, which I'm really um, I'm really proud of, actually. So. Yeah. How about you?
0: I love that. Yeah. I definitely resonate with that feeling of pressure and feeling like this is it. Like this is the time you've got to choose the right goals because this is going to set you up for the rest of your year. And mm-hmm. I've always been someone who is has been very big on goals and goal setting. And I don't think in any way that that's a bad thing, but I think it can get to that unhealthy place. And that I was definitely in a, in a place of it being very unhealthy at times in my life. Um, because I think, yeah, I kind of took it to the extreme and I put so many goals on the list. Or when I say goals, it was more like the resolutions. It was like, I'm going to change all of these things going into the new year, especially because I didn't have that like year round working towards balance, Mindset. And so I understand that feeling of that, like that energy of like that, you know, frantic energy. And it was, yeah, very much for me, like, I need to change everything. What is it that I'm going to do? I need to choose the right planner and I need to choose the right program to jump into. And oftentimes this was some sort of a diet or like an extreme whole 30 or, you know, something, something, something extreme. To start the year off, and I was so convinced that that would be like the thing that was going to change everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that it really is like this huge societal pressure to create all these changes in the new year. And I do think that it can be good because the new year is one of those times where we can feel like, all right, this is the time where maybe I can we can let go of the year behind, especially because we've had a really tough couple of years as a society as a whole, mm-hmm. and maybe create some positive change in our life but it is more of like a calm energy that like okay let's let's create some habits let's make some positive changes rather than that that frantic energy so i totally resonate with that as well and i would very much be the 30 day challenge 60 day challenge yeah. i'm going to change everything all at once and because i was so sure that i could because we're all sure that we can right like oh it doesn't work for anyone else but it'll totally work for me but then it ended up you know Being crazy obsessive, and then I would either quit and end up back at square one, or I would, you know, get even more obsessive with it. Um, but yeah, I think, I think a lot of the imbalance during the holidays, like we talked about in the last episode, and all of everything we talked about in the last episode, feeling balanced around the holidays totally applies, even though we're kind of past the holidays now, or actually, when this episode comes up, we'll still be in the holiday season, right? So, that all still applies i think because i had this really um unbalanced view a lot of feeling like the holidays were my last chance to like indulge and to not take care of myself and going into the new year i had all these like crazy expectations of myself to yeah you know detox or recharge or whatever you want to call it <laughs> so yeah i
1: remember something very vividly listening to you talk about that is I would, I would say, okay, you've never quote, never completed a challenge. You're going to do it this time. Like so much perfectionism coming in and coming up in that mindset and, and like talking to myself in that way, you're going to do it this time. This time it's going to be different. It's going to, this is going to be it. Like I can totally remember feeling that way.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I think it is really like our society is still put so much pressure on us to do that mm-hmm. and it can be easy to fall into that. So I'm excited to have a conversation about what it might look like to have different goals than that or goals that are created in a different way, right? Yeah. And uh and, and in a more in a more balanced way. Um so we have five questions that we are going to answer today. And they're on everything from setting healthy goals to um, being realistic about our goals, tools for goal setting, keeping habits, getting into routines after the holidays, wellness trends and products. I'm excited to dive in. Are you ready?
1: I'm so ready. Let's do it.
0: Okay. So the first question that we got asked was this person struggles with setting healthy goals without dieting. Uh, And as two intuitive eating promoters, I'm excited to answer this question. So what are your tips Mm -hmm. on setting healthy goals or I'm assuming like health goals without Mm -hmm. dieting?
1: Yeah, this is a great one. Um, So the first thing that came to mind for, for me when I was answering this or thinking about answering this question was, Um, Focusing really on how you want to feel and imagine yourself feeling a certain way, physically, mentally, emotionally, and set your health goals based on that. So a lot of the dieting goals in my experience focus on something tangible, like a number. So maybe a weight or a size of clothing or a measurement or... Um, a photo of your past self, something along those lines. And those are really not any in any way, shape, or form related to how you feel physically. And what I mean by how you feel is like, I want to feel energized daily, or I want to feel calm, um, or a, another one for me that would um, would be, I want to feel... Um, present. So, focusing on how I want to feel, or like have a clear mind. Um, I I want to feel like I can keep up with my kids, like that kind of thing. Um, and I think focusing first on how you want to feel and envisioning how you um, feel will be a huge part of setting healthy goals in the new year without using. Um, diet culture and dieting as the end all be all for those goals. Um, when we prescribe, um, setting a healthy goal without dieting in the past in the past for me has looked like following someone else's footsteps. So like, um, following someone else's meal plan or like following someone else's challenge to a T and not really taking into account my personal, um, life, my personal schedule or my body and listening to my body. So, um, I think it's really important to kind of tune other people out in this time of the year and really tune in to yourself. And instead of setting a goal because someone else is doing that or, a friend is doing that. It's great to have an accountability buddy, but at the same time, you each need to have separate goals, um, because you are two completely separate people, <laughs> um, and tuning everyone out so that you can listen to your body and how, and then get to how you want to feel. Um, so those are my two tips with how to set healthy goals without falling back onto dieting. What do you think? I know you're going to have probably a lot for this one. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh. Yeah, but no, I I really really echo what you say about really focusing on how you want to feel because I think what happens and I know what's happened to me in the past is I envisioned that if I lost the weight, if I fit into that size or, you know, I reached this arbitrary goal, because that was what I thought that I was supposed to reach or supposed to weigh or the size I was supposed to be, then I would feel more energized or I would feel good in my clothes or that I would be able to do this thing. And every time I reached those goals, even if I did reach those goals because I have been goal obsessed for a long time. And I'm actually really good at reaching those goals in the short term. (laughs) But oftentimes I felt really horrible. Like, you know, my listeners have, our listeners have, many of them have heard my story or different parts of my story. And I talked about my hormone journey last year and my hormone issues came to a head after I did a fitness competition. And I totally reached that goal that I set for myself in January. I did a fitness competition. I lost a bunch of weight. I looked good according to fitness competition standards. I came in second place in this fitness competition and I felt horrible. I was fighting with my husband all the time. my I was not present with my kiddo. I had a two-year-old at the time because I was so hyper focused on this you know this goal that I had. and I talk about the moment where we were sitting at Easter with my parents having an Easter brunch and I wasn't eating the Easter brunch and my little little tiny two-year-old sage looked at me and was like, why aren't you eating that mommy And I was like, That was my, like, come to Jesus moment. I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what to tell you. And it was really just based on this goal that I had set for myself was I'm going to do this fitness competition. And I was exhausted. And then as soon as I did the fitness competition, not as soon, but like a month later, my body completely crashed. I ended up with chronic fatigue. I had all these hormone imbalances. And that was thankfully actually what led me down a path of being able to heal my hormones and feel a lot better than I ever had. So I'm thankful for that experience. But this vision in my head was like, if I reached this goal, if I did this fitness competition, then I was going to look as good as I had ever looked. I was going to feel great in my body. My husband was going to love how I looked. I was going to have this great marriage. I was going to be this super strong mom and be able to run after my And None of that was true. None of it because it was all based on how I looked. And yes, some people might have fitness goals and there's nothing wrong with having fitness goals, but I wasn't doing it in a healthy way. I was doing it in a, you know, that was my vision was that I was going to feel this way. And that wasn't really true. So if I were to go over the other way and go, okay, what would make me feel really good? What would make me, you know, what would make me feel really good in my body? What makes me now feel really good in my body is moving regularly. It's wearing clothes that fit and that are really comfortable and that are like colors that I love and styles that I enjoy. And it feels really good to be able to actually run after my kids on the playground and jump around and do all these things that I couldn't do when my goal was just to fit into a certain size, to look a certain way. Um, And so, little tangent there but i agree that well, i think oftentimes we set these arbitrary goals and they're they're not at all based on how we feel we think they are but they're not we have to go the other way
1: <laughs> yes and um i as you were talking i was thinking about how when we set goals based on how we want to feel it gives us more flexibility and freedom because if you're listening to this and you're like okay i would love to feel energized every day have more energy, uh, but I don't exactly know how to get there. Um, it gives you permission to experiment and try new things Mm -hmm. and not, um, place an expectation on one thing in particular, if that makes sense. Um, and so I think the goals are more attainable and realistic that way, which is what we're going to talk about next. (laughs) I may have (laughs) skipped ahead, but, um, that's what I was thinking when we were, you were talking about, about how feeling goals are different than um, physical fitness goals that you had done in the past.
0: Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I think the thing that I really missed, and for some reason, I it never really occurred to me that I wasn't doing this. I think because I had a lot of Short term habits, I had kind of convinced myself that my goals were habit based, but goals that are habit based, right? That help us to develop the habits that will last and will actually help us feel good on a long term basis. Those are the goals that are going to stick. We're going to talk about that in a minute, right? Um, But I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm in this habit of working out for an hour and a half, two hours every single day. So that's positive, but it wasn't making me feel good. Um, and it wasn't sustainable. That was the thing, like working out a couple hours every single day. It's just not, I don't, I don't even know how I did that now that I have two kids and work is busier. Um, and I love to move. I know you do too, but that's just that, that time frame is just not sustainable. It was fine for a season, but it was also a sacrifice and not a positive sacrifice. It really bled into other areas of my life. So I think, yeah, going with how you want to feel and then also looking at, well, how is this, how is how I think I'm going to achieve this goal going to affect the rest of my life? Like, does this fit in with the life that I want to live? I think is really important.
1: Totally. Yeah. I agree with that.
0: Yeah. So I'm just going off on tangent. So why don't we go into (laughs) into the next (laughs) question?
1: Do you want to read this one? Yes, I'd love to. So the next question we have is a reader or listener um, asking for tips on setting New Year's goals that are both realistic and attainable and that you don't forget about. (laughs) So I would love to know, Chris, what are your tips for setting realistic and attainable goals?
0: Hmm. Okay. I'm going to keep this short because I have an, I have actually a whole episode coming out about like my specific goal-setting process that I've been doing for several years. When we talk about tools, um, I'll also share a tool that I like to use for goal-setting as well. Um, And just looking at your notes, you have some amazing notes on on setting goals. Um, And I'm like, I needed you as a coach a few years ago. (laughs) You're so good. Um, But really, really breaking it down. I like to create a brain dump first and foremost of like, all of the things that I want to achieve, like the big things, the little things. I actually did this a couple of days ago. I shared with you before we officially started recording that I just did my vision board a couple of days ago because a group that I was a part of or that I am a part of did like a vision vision board party. Um, and I've done this with people in my community uh, in the past as well. And so I do like a whole brain dump of like everything I want to achieve, not all of it is realistic in this year but kind of what i want to achieve overall as a whole and then i go and get really realistic about okay so what is actually possible for this year ahead because you know one of one of the things that we are working towards as a family is buying our forever home or at least our first home. (laughs) We haven't actually been in the place to be able to buy a home because my husband, well, first I immigrated to Canada and then he immigrated here. Mm -hmm. And that whole process involves a lot of uh, credit issues, not issues, but like building up credit that we didn't expect. (laughs) So now we're finally in a place to be able to buy a house. and But the market isn't exactly where we want it right now. We want to save a little bit more to get to the place we want to be. So on my vision board is is buy, a, is buy a home, to find our home, maybe renovate our home. But I know that that may or may not actually happen this year. And that's okay. But what can we do to work towards that this year? So I was like, all right. And so I talked to my husband about it. We have like a certain savings amount we want to do. We have people that we want to talk to. And so I go, okay, so what are my big goals? And do a brain dump of those big goals. And then I really like to be real, really realistic about what's possible. And that's the biggest thing I think I encourage people to do when it comes to creating goals that are actually sustainable and really realistic and attainable is to get realistic about what you could actually do in a year based on your life season too, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So for you, Danielle, um, if your goal is to run a marathon in March, that might not be realistic for you in... (laughs) In the next in the next no. year. Maybe not. Maybe maybe if that happens to be a goal for you, maybe the next year, but probably not this year. For those of you who don't no. know, Danielle is very pregnant yes. <laughs> and you're giving birth in February, right? Well approximately. <clears throat> Whenever baby wants yes. to come. Yes. <laughs> yes. So uh so be realistic for your life season too, right? If you're planning on if you're gonna be giving birth in February, you're probably not running a marathon in March. Um, I'm probably, I don't know. I'm sure there are crazy super women out there who could do Can it. But
1: imagine? wow, I would I if, if that's possible, I would be so in awe and yeah, wow.
0: No, <laughs> I don't I imagine you would like give birth on the race course if you were yeah. to do that. But yeah, so or I guess, yeah, it it wouldn't work. So in any case, that's kind of what I like to do is be realistic about what's possible and it actually in that year and then kind of divide my goals into long-term, short-term and kind of immediate action steps to get there and really kind of break it down. But I want your tips because you have some good tips on kind of breaking down your
1: goals. Yeah, so I think that was the biggest ch- game changer for me was learning how to break down goals and like having someone so i actually had a coach who um pushed me to like break things down even more even more even more because we can so often get wrapped up in the end result or the the goal at the end the big picture goal if you will and have no idea where to start or what to even do today. And it feels really far away when that happens. So my first tip about setting realistic and attainable goals is to just break it down. And then once you break it down, break it down again, and then you do it again and again, and you keep going and you keep breaking it down further and further until you, you feel like you can't make it into any smaller of a step. Um, sometimes with my my coaching clients, I'm like, I want these steps to be broken down into something you can do in just a couple of minutes to like get done and crossed off. Um, so really focus on the exact steps that you need to take to get you there. And I'm sure we've all had this experience that I just described of not taking any action towards the goal because we don't know where or how to start. And I think this, this provides you a little map, if you will, of how to get to your goal and what you need to do. And, um, I really love doing this on a piece of paper, just like one large piece of paper and then breaking it down almost like a tree so that you can see all the different parts. And it, I'm a visual learner and I'm a visual person. So I like to see things out and it gives you, a map of what your end goal is and all the steps around it. And then I also really encourage people to cross them out as they do them to see that you are making progress and every single little part counts as progress towards the big result, because those little wins, those little steps that you take every day that don't feel like they're getting you anywhere. Ultimately, are what's going to make the biggest difference. So, that is my, that is if you don't take anything else away from this, like remember to just try to break your goal down into smaller chunks and pieces. And this can really be done with anything, it can be done with health goals, financial goals, um, like family goals. It can be done with pretty much anything. Um, and even if they're intangible things, you can you there's always little steps you can do and add in your your goal map (laughs) um and then so I mentioned breaking it down writing it out is a big one for me I use either like my planner for the year my journal or like I said a big piece of paper um there's something about writing it down and writing it out that makes it feel more real and realistic Um, the other thing that I love to do is think about the timeline. So right now we're talking kind of about new year's goals. So we're thinking about things that are happening over probably the course of a year. Um, but if you do have a goal, like for example, your house goal, that may be in the three to five year category, like you can still do this with those types of goals as well. And just know that it's okay if you don't, if you need to have some flexibility and give yourself grace and make changes along the way. Um, So I think that's important to remember as well. Um, But if you are focusing on a year timeline, what I like to do is once I have those little steps (laughs) um, that are broken down into small, the smallest chunks is I like to go through my calendar for the entire year and add in like check-in dates where I want to go back and check in on my my goal and see what steps I've gotten to what needs to be done next. And then kind of assess and add things in, take things out if there's something I don't need to do maybe, or something else came up that needs to be added in. And um, when I... Look, so when I look through my calendar or my planner, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> um, at the beginning of the year, it's mostly empty, except for I do have like check-in dates written throughout. Mm-hmm. And I know this is kind of similar to like if you're an entrepreneur or small business owner, you might know like things are operated in quarters and you do check-ins um quarterly. So, It's similar to that idea of like breaking down even the year into quarters and checking in with yourself and using your, like treating your goals as a business and like, um, seeing what progress you've made, um, and where you're headed. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to recommend was to talk to someone out loud about your goals Mm. and whether that's a friend or, um, a partner or your kids, Um, But just tell someone about it and get excited. I think that always helps me make it feel real. And I know for me, when I first spoke the words out loud to someone that I wanted to like be a bar instructor and be a health coach and like took those words on as my own, it made, it was a huge shift, not only in my mindset, but like, okay, I am really excited about this and I'm, I, I want to share it with you and it's going to happen kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I think that talking with someone and speaking your goals out loud is really powerful as well. Um, and lastly, the last part of the question was, um, setting goals that you don't forget about. <laughs> so mm, I think yeah. this. It's easy. I think it's easier to easier to forget or maybe give up on quote, give up on resolutions more than goals, in my Mm -hmm. opinion. But um, I think for so you don't forget to check in with yourself about your goals. Um, It would be helpful for you to maybe like you had mentioned a vision board. I love doing little mini vision boards on Canva. (laughs) They have Mm -hmm. templates that are easy to use. Some of them are free and you can add um, pictures and you could even set them as your phone background or your computer background, print them out, put them in your closet where you get dressed in the morning and just so you can visualize them um, every day and Mm -hmm. not forget about them. And then also the dates. So setting check-in dates throughout the year is helpful for not forgetting about your goals as well. Oh, I love that.
0: The check-in dates is something that I have, um, we'll talk when we talk about tools. Um, I have a goal planner that I use and there is like one mid-year check-in that I sometimes do, sometimes don't. I like the idea mm-hmm. of quarterly checking in because then you can adjust them and you can see the progress mm-hmm. that you've made. And I also really like, the idea of kind of mapping it out like a tree and then crossing them off. Because for me, I am definitely the type of person who likes the like checking it off, crossing it off. Like I will put something on my list that I did, even if it wasn't on my list, just to cross yes. it out. <laughs> I do that too. Yes. Because you're like, I did this thing. I mean, I deserve a cross out. And so that, I think that also keeps you you know interested in in making sure that you're keeping up with your goals, having a way to check in with them regularly. So yeah, I really love that and definitely saying them out loud. I like that a lot because that is something actually um I did this the other day with my friend business manager. She's everything now. Um, and uh, I told her a couple of goals I had that were like big goals like they might happen this year they might not. We'll see. But just actually saying them out loud was was really exciting. And I actually do this with my husband. We've been trying to do it kind of before the end of the year. We do like a fun little like mini date night where we'll go out oh. and um, we'll either do a coffee shop or we'll grab a cocktail and we'll sit and we'll kind of share our goals for the year. And that really feels like it like solidifies things. So yeah, totally with you on those.
1: Definitely. Um, I think that was all I had for tips for, for now. And I'm excited to listen to your episode about your goal setting process. Well, it's not that
0: dissimilar from what I just <laughs> kind of rambled off, <laughs>
1: but, uh, it is something that
0: I've been doing for, for several years now and really breaking it down. And I think we have very similar process when it comes to mm-hmm. creating a vision board and breaking it down. And, uh, and I think that breaking it down process is what is key in turning it into those habits that yes. are actually going to not just help you to achieve the goal, but I think to actually sustain whatever that goal is. Because mm-hmm. when we're looking at goals based on how we want to feel or things that we positive things that we want to grow in our life, whether it is like growing our business or improving our health in some way, we don't just want to like hit that goal. It's not like, oh, I want to grow in my business and then just stop. Or I want to improve my health, and then that's it. I'm, you know, I've improved my health in this way forever. We want to continue to grow, and so we want to continue those habits. And so, I think that breaking it down helps us to create those, create those habits. So I love that.
1: Mm-hmm. We just talked about um, a little bit. I think each of us mentioned some of our favorite tools, but the next question is actually about favorite tools for goal setting and keeping habits. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to for to hear about your. Um, Planner that you use. Tell us about that.
0: Yeah. So I have been using a goal planner for like five or six years. I have, we just moved this past year um, into our semi temporary home and uh, semi temporary because we're not sure how temporary it's going to be. And I have a box of these planners actually that I brought with me and I haven't looked at them yet, but I love to look back at them and kind of see what goals I've made, what goals I've achieved. Um, And it's by the Company cultivate what matters, and it is called the oh gosh, I have to look it up again. Why do I always forget? Oh, the power sheets. So it's called the power sheets, and it's by Laura Casey. She's written a couple books, um, and she has this awesome goal setting company that she's had for ten years now. And I've known about her for quite some time. It was my daughter was my oldest daughter. like a year or two when I first discovered her. So I mean, that is she's eight. So that's probably seven years ago. So it was like six or seven years ago that I started using this. And it takes you through a whole goal setting process at the beginning of the year. And what I really like about it is it really prompts you to reflect about the past year to really identify kind of who you are how you want like, and who you want to become in the new year. And then from there, you kind of set your goals. And it it does encourage you to kind of break them down, but it kind of lets you, it, it really encourages you to create a set amount of goals instead of just creating an infinite amount of goals, and then gives you some freedom to kind of break it down how you want to. And then each week you do a little kind of check-in towards your goals. And so I really like it. There was one year that I didn't use it and I honestly felt lost (laughs) without Mm -hmm. using it every week and checking in with it. And it just becomes that practice of checking in with your goals. And just like you said, you know, having the, having them all written down and checking them off and just having that place to be able to, yeah, continue to check in and and see how you're making progress because it is even those small little bits of progress, progress really do add up, right? You know, if Mm -hmm. you save a dollar a day, you've saved $365 $365 at the end of the year. That's not insignificant. Like that's a good amount of Christmas presents that you could oh, yeah. <laughs> you could buy for your kiddos, right? So uh so yeah, no, that's that's my number one goal setting tool. I really enjoy it. Um, and that's that's the main thing I use. And then the other thing that I've been using recently, I'm looking for my phone over here, is called the Habit app. And I wanted to make sure it is just called, it's literally just called Habit. It's a free app and it's really cool. I don't know if you can, you can't see it. Oh, they're mm-hmm. to the podcast anyway, so they can't see it, but it's free on the iOS app store. I'm not sure if you can also get it on Android. Um, if you can, I'll link both in the show notes. I'll get my husband to look it up for me because he has an Android, but it's great because it's super simple. And I really like that because I like something that's got a simple layout and you can set goals. Like my habits on here that I have right now are reminding myself to drink water, reading because I'm trying to get into habit of daily reading. I love to read, but I want to get into the daily reading habit. I'm working on meditating for 10 minutes a day, working on it, wow. uh, and and just exercising, moving my body. And you can set how many days a week that you want to do them for. You can set a... A time amount. You can set reminders for yourself, Um, but you also don't have to set like a time. You don't have to set reminders. You can just, it can just be something that you check in. There's a lot of options, especially for a free app. It's pretty amazing. Um, You can kind of make it work for you and what feels good versus what feels like a lot of pressure. You know, it's not telling you that you have to exercise like 60 minutes, five days a week. You can set it for, you know, move my body for 10 minutes a day which is fantastic and that's more than not moving your body at all and you know i have it set for as much water as i want to drink but you can set it for as much water as you want to drink and so um that's my other tool that i've been using and i'm going to kind of continue to use in the new year and i think it's great especially for health goals because it is so flexible there's not a lot i haven't found honestly i haven't found any other apps that help with health goals that don't have like a side of diet culture attached to them. (laughs) Right. So for me, that one, I know you have an app that you mentioned too. Um, but Mm -hmm. in terms of, in terms of actual like habits, that one I I'm finding works really well and it's free, which is awesome.
1: Yeah. What about you?
0: What, what are your favorite tools?
1: I'm excited to check out your, the planner that you recommended. And it's funny because I feel like once you find one that you like, it's like, it's hard to switch or go without. <laughs> yes. So I've been using the same one also for many years. And I use something called the Passion Planner. And I highly recommend this for people who um, want goal setting included in their um, calendar. Mm-hmm. I, what I love about the Passion Planner is that there is a, like yours, a dedicated part at the beginning and the end for goal setting. And then every month at the end of the month, there is a reflection page with some questions um, that um, sometimes I'm like, oh, wow, it's the end of the month already. I can't believe I'm <laughs> having to fill these out again. But some of the questions are, what are the three biggest lessons you've learned this past month? Or who or what are you especially grateful for this past month? And other questions like that, which I find really powerful. So I love that they have goal setting included the monthly reflections. And if you are interested in like checking this out, their website has a few free resources that are included in their planner that you can download. So you can kind of explore and see if it would be um, something you're into. So that is a huge tool for me. And I have tried to go without a physical planner and just use like, um, a calendar or apps. And I really love to write things down. (laughs) I'm not the type of person to go totally digital. So, um, I still have a planner. Um, the app that I had written down that I wanted to mention is called the notion app. And it's definitely not specifically made for just for habits like your the app you mentioned, Um, but it just helps to keep me organized (laughs) and it's um, similar to Notes app or something along those lines. But you can make different tabs and sections. So Mm -hmm. I have, um, yeah, so I have different um, areas. So I have one for my business. I have a family one, and then I have um, a few others that. I helped keep me on task for my to-do list in my pocket slash on my phone, in addition to my planner. So I like that app a lot. And then of course, I'm going to mention journaling again, because I mentioned it a lot, but it's really helpful for me too. um It's a tool and it's a simple tool and I think it's underrated, so I use that as well for keeping myself organized and keeping healthy habits. There are some really cool bullet journaling habit ideas on Pinterest if you are looking to check those out, or you can make your own. Um, I love to get journals that have dots on the pages instead of lines because you can, you like, um, make graphs or track things. If you wanted to do habit tracking sort of stuff, um, just gives me more flexibility. So that's a little tip too. Yeah. Oh, I love that idea. I
0: tried bullet journaling a few years ago and I think it was just not the right season in my life because I love (laughs) the idea of being able to do graphs and to make it pretty and to, but I think it was right after my youngest daughter was born and it was it was a good idea, but it didn't last because mm. I was navigating being a mom of two. And as you'll find out, I mean, it's, it's wonderful, mm. but it's, it's a season. Right? Yes. So, um. No, but I, I love that. And uh, the notion app sounds amazing. I don't know why I haven't heard about it before, but uh, the organizational nerd in me was just like, oh tabs and I can have different sections and I love that. So I'm going to check that out. So I love that. And I'm a big fan of journaling too. So I've looked at the passion planner before and it looks amazing. Um, I'm also a paper planner person. I just already have the the goal setting journal that I use. So I kind of felt like I don't need another one. And knowing myself, if I had both of them, I would pressure myself to use both of them. And then that would... (laughs) Would probably take up yes that is that is my crazy brain so uh, yeah for me I just need a a simple planner. <laughs> Do
1: you keep your old your jour- uh, planners from past years?
0: I have in the past. I got rid of a few of them when we moved because I had quite mm-hmm. a few, um, but I definitely keep the goal planners because those are fun to look back on.
1: Yeah, I when I started using the passion planner, I I felt like I couldn't part with it because I was just so (laughs) proud of like everything that was included in it. So I've kept the passion planners that I've purchased. And I think that it's really fun to look back on and reflect, even though there's scribbles and things are crossed out and there's different colors. Like, I don't know, it's just, a you can witness your growth by looking back through it. So if you have space and feel like you want to, it's fun to keep them too.
0: It is no, definitely, um, and on a silly side note, um, I mentioned this in the last episode, but I mention it all the time. I also keep my old meal planners because it's fun mm. to look back on my old meal plans. And so, at the end of the year, I usually have a practice of looking at my. And when I say meal planners, I'm only referring to the Healthy Mama Meal Planner. I'm not talking, which is a product that I create. I'm not talking about like a, a meal plan when I was dieting. Do not right. say I used to save those. Tossed all those out. Um, <laughs> I'm talking about like our family meal plan, just to look back and like what, what we yeah. worked in terms of dinners and things like that. Um, so I like doing that at the end of the year. I have this bucket under my bed and it has like all my, my old um, power sheets planners and I'll look through them and, and see what I've accomplished in the last few years. Because I think sometimes it can feel discouraging if you don't hit your goals at the end of the year. And, and we all have different seasons, right? Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't, it's really cool to look back and be like, oh, I was a little discouraged that I didn't hit that goal back in 2017, but it's 2021 and I've like far surpassed that goal. So sometimes things just take a little bit more time. And so, yeah, like you were mentioning earlier, like it's okay to change things. It's okay if things take a little bit more time than you expect them to. Um, That's why we set those small goals, those little intentions, and keep working towards them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I think that's all we have in terms of tools, yeah. right? So the next question is a really good one. And I'm excited to talk about this because I love talking about routines. And the question was how to get back into a routine after the holidays. So what are your tips about getting back into a routine after the holidays?
1: Oh, I love routines as well. And I think that getting back into, into a routine can feel so good. Um, there's something about it that just, I crave after a holiday or a vacation. Um, but my own personal practice of getting back into a routine after, um, holiday vacation, or for me most recently, it was my family having a virus. <laughs> my my son got a cold. And so we were kind of, all, and then we all caught it and we were out of commission. So um, it may not even be a holiday. It may be something else. <laughs> um, but what I do is I sit down and I look at the calendar. Usually I start with just the week ahead and I write out what is on my schedule that Um, is like a non-negotiable. So commitments and appointments that, um, and they're at their specific time. So I can kind of visualize my week or my month. Um, And then what I do is I choose um, a priority that would make me feel most balanced over the week to get back into this routine. So um, for example, this may look like number one priority being sleep or number one priority being movement. So I choose like a priority and something to focus on. So I have um an idea of what would make the most impact in my um health and wellness. And then I like to write one to three things down that I could accomplish in the week that would make me feel really good and make me feel more like myself to get done. So for me right now, this looks like um, for this week, these are the things making one freezer meal for postpartum. So making a double batch of something, planning something fun to do with my son. So taking him to the library, maybe. um, And then Another one I wanted to do this week was paint my nails. <laughs> I haven't done that in a while. So those three things would make me feel good, make me feel like I was getting back into routine and make me feel like I was getting back to myself. And um, so that's kind of how I approach getting back into a routine. And I think having a physical planner or a calendar out to look at the days and the times of when you'll do things is really important in that step. Um, the other thing I want to say about getting back into a routine is the more times you allow yourself to take a holiday and a vacation and a break from your routine, the less stressful it becomes. Because I remember when I was really struggling with um, my body image and eating, it was so stressful for me to even think about taking a break or a vacation without having the ability to plan or track, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that it's easier the more times you do it. And it's almost as if you're proving yourself to yourself that it's okay to deviate from rigidity and structure of your life and just live and, and, um, have some freedom and flexibility from time to time. So if, feeling like taking a break or a holiday or vacation is overwhelming for you. Just know that you can, and you will get back to your routine. It won't Mm -hmm. be as hard as you think, and it's okay to do it once in a while. (laughs) Mm -hmm. How about you? What are your favorite ways to get back into a routine?
0: Well, I I totally agree that it does get easier over time. I'm like having all of these flashbacks to uh, years when we were able to travel to go see my husband's family. Uh, Hopefully we will again very soon. Um, But, um, you know, years ago, we would travel pretty much every year um, to go visit my husband's family in Canada. And I remember just being feeling totally out of my routine because I mean, I was in A completely different country. Not that Canada is like this, like crazy foreign country, but um, and we had all of the amenities we needed. But I remembered feeling like there wasn't really a place for me to work out, or trying to figure out how it was going to work out, or how I was going to try and eat as healthy as possible. And we were on like Christmas break, and it was it was stressful. And I tried to let it go and like let myself just enjoy the time. But then there was that like huge stress of like trying to get back into things as soon as possible and come home. And and it it did feel really difficult. And I remember doing that for several years. And now, you know, even though we're not traveling anywhere for the holidays this year, I know that, you know, even if we were, it's like, well, this is just sort of a blip in time. And of course, you know, I don't have as many uh, or I really don't have the restrictions that I used to have. And so it makes it a lot easier to kind of maybe, maybe be off some of the habits that make me feel my best, but that's okay because we can kind of slowly come back into them when we get back. And so I think that I agree that it gets easier, um, to come back into that place of, of balance. Right. But I think something that's been really helpful for me, especially as the kids have gotten older, um, because my kids, I found they're they're generally really flexible kids, but they need more of kind of like a, a couple of grace days. I think we all do as a family kind of in between being out of a routine and coming back into a routine, especially with things like school starting up again it's really helpful to just give myself a couple of days and give my kids a couple of days to come back from what feels like, you know, a lot of haphazard, like traveling and parties and all of these things and have a couple of days where we really just set ourselves up for the week ahead for coming, kind of getting back into that routine. So If we've been off our sleep routine, which happens oftentimes around the holidays, I'm kind of working backwards. And so for me, getting up early in the morning and having my morning time to journal, sometimes I'll do a workout in the morning, um, but usually just sitting and having my tea by myself before the kids wake up and doing some journaling, like that is the time I need in the morning or else I'm a little bit of a crazy mom in the morning when the kids wake up and they're like, mommy, mommy, mommy. And they need all of the things. I need a few minutes to center myself in the morning. And sometimes that doesn't happen if we're on a vacation or we're traveling um, or, you know, it's just kind of a, a crazy season like the holidays. And so kind of working backwards to getting to bed a little bit earlier for myself and the kids and not just expecting them to get back into the routine of going to bed earlier and waking up earlier, but actually kind of. being intentional about working backwards and starting to go to bed earlier, starting to wake up earlier, Uh, and then also setting myself up in just making the week easier. So I talk all the time about things like doing some flexible meal planning and um, doing grocery shopping, filling the fridge. And so I actually have food. So it doesn't feel like I'm rushing into things on Monday morning. I try and do that. I'm just assuming it's the weekend, but in the days leading up to getting back into our routine, just making sure that I'm like clearing out the fridge and filling it with food that feels good and maybe making a meal plan that's really, really easy for that week that feels like just really, really simple Um because... I don't want to overwhelm myself anymore and um, maybe doing some light meal prep just to get something ready. So maybe making like energy balls for snacks or maybe making something for breakfast just something really simple, but just something mm-hmm. that would really just taking those actions that make me feel like when I come to Monday or the day after we've been off our routine that I'm sort of ready for the week, even simple things like making sure that the kids' lunch boxes are in the spot they're supposed to be in and that they're not like, I'm not searching for them on Monday morning because that's a, like a stress. Any other mom who's ever had to search for a lunchbox on a Monday morning understands that even those simple things like making sure that we know where their backpacks are, that we, um, we like to pick out their outfits for the week and just those things, the so things with the kids and with myself. Um, so similar to you and finding like, okay, what is it that I want to do this week? to make me feel good. For me, it's kind of having a couple of those grace days where we're kind of getting back into the routine, getting back into the sleep routine and not stressing out about it, but just kind of deciding, okay, what are those, what are those little things that I can do. That'll really make me feel good kind of starting the week again. And I totally agree looking at that calendar and kind of having an idea of what the week ahead looks like. If you can ease into the week two, if at all possible, that is great. Like not scheduling things the first couple of days of the week is really, really helpful, but I know that's not always possible. Um, mm-hmm. So something that my husband and I have been doing for a couple years now is we do sunday meetings actually i was talking to you about this before we before we got yeah. on um because actually by the time this airs i can i can talk about this but we have a surprise coming up from my husband this week his surprise christmas present and we had our sunday meeting um where we talk about our schedule for the week and we go over everything. We make sure we each have um, enough time. And um, the way that we structure this, I actually got from um, Chelsea Joe from the Systemize Your Life podcast and Systemize Your Life Academy. She was on the podcast in S- August or September, and she's fantastic. And so she has this whole Sunday sit-down routine. And so we've been doing the Sunday sit-down for a couple of years now, and we've kind of... Um, started following her routine where we make sure that we each have like time for self-care built into our schedule. Um, If we want time to exercise, like that's built into our schedule, as well as like whatever tasks we have, kids activities, things like that. Um, And I find that is like even more crucial before we are going to get back into a routine, even though most of the time we don't want to do it because we're so tired. Anytime we don't actually do that Sunday sit down, the rest of the week is like... (laughs) Totally haphazard. So it really takes right. us like it's, 15 minutes, but it's it's such a big deal. It's so helpful.
1: <laughs> I I can imagine we don't do that, but I'm very I'm gonna go listen to that and like figure out what that's all about because it <laughs> yes. sounds great. However, we do we have recently like set a schedule and it sounds silly to to schedule out your time for um, exercising and self-care, et cetera, as like parents. But if, if you don't, it doesn't happen because there's Mm -hmm. always something else that needs to be done. And it, it is a game changer to have it be, um, common knowledge between the two of partners of like, this is happening then. And so, and communicating it ahead of time will make it so much easier to transition into those times and have them on the schedule. So everyone's on the same page. It can make a huge difference.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, it makes such a huge difference. Well, I will, I'll link her episode in the show notes too, um, because if you're looking for more help with routines, especially she works a lot with working moms. um, She Mm -hmm. is fantastic. Her, yeah, her systems, systems. Yeah, her systems are fantastic. Um, So yeah, no, that has been super, super helpful.
1: All right. So we've talked about a lot so far, but this question is really fun and I, I enjoyed, um, brainstorming for it, but the question is, well, what are some wellness trends and products, um, for the new year? What's here to stay and what is so last year? Let's start with you, Chris.
0: Okay, I loved this. I love how this was worded. And she said in her um, Instagram comment, uh, just for fun. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so fun. I love it. Um, Mm -hmm. And honestly, I'm not one to be super into trends, um, but a few that I've noticed over the past year or so. um, And you know what? Do you want to kind of, if I share mine, do you want to kind of both say, like, whether it's like here to stay or so last year? And Mm -hmm. and then we can kind of go through yours. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, this one's pretty obvious. If you're in the in the wellness world at all, I feel like the biggest trend I've seen over the last couple of years, especially the past year, is keto. So, what do you think? Here to stay? So last year,
1: (laughs) I think, I think it's so last year, but I it's very prevalent and it's just so interesting coming from a nursing background where this diet was like prescribed for very sick people, um, that it's like become this popular thing. So I think that is a trend and I hope it doesn't continue as much, but yeah. Yeah. What do you think?
0: I think that it is great for people with epilepsy. That is what yes. the research shows. Um, and so exactly. I hope that it is here to stay for them um, yes. <laughs> unless they find something else that works even better. But yeah, I uh, I also hope it's so last year because it is so restrictive and it's so hard to live your life on. And I know that we're both on the same page when it comes to uh, you know, finding balance in terms of food and wellness. And if something makes it hard to live your life, I, I hope it's so last year. Yeah. Um, so the the next one that has been really big over the last couple of years too is intermittent fasting. What do you think about IF? Mm-hmm.
1: So I think intermittent fasting is something that, So it's so funny because this term is very, very thrown around a lot, but Mm -hmm. it's something that we do like naturally when we sleep. So I think it's, it's always been here, but there's like a new term for it. Mm -hmm. However, I think it can be taken to an extreme and I am thinking it's going to be so last year and that we hopefully can return back to eating when we are hungry and, um, not prescribing being prescribed to a clock. (laughs) What do you think?
0: Yeah. No, I totally agree. It's actually funny. So uh, preview to New Year's episodes, um, we have our gut health series coming up, which has been highly requested. We've talked about gut health here on the podcast before, um, but I have a few fun experts coming on to talk about gut health from a really balanced perspective. And we are talking about hormone health and gut health uh, in one episode. And I was actually talking to my guest about intermittent fasting and because it's Mm -hmm. such a huge trend. And one of the things she said was like, Yeah, it's great to take a break from eating. Most of us already do that by sleeping at night. And so that's okay. (laughs) And so for some people, it does feel good to wait a little bit longer to have breakfast or maybe eat dinner a little bit earlier. If that feels good, that feels good. But we don't need to be like, be really restrictive about her putting like very short time frames on how much we can eat and she was also talking about um you know she'll talk about this in the episode cuz she's the, she's the expert but how a lot of women she sees aren't even eating enough and it's if you're already not eating enough and you're trying to shorten that window then you're already limiting your you're limiting yourself even more and so yeah i think hopefully hopefully um we are fasting as much as is good for our bodies uh just naturally by sleeping, uh, but we're not taking it to the extreme. So, okay. The next one I see all over the place and something I also talked to a recent guest about is CBD. What do you think about CBD as a trend?
1: Um, CBD is definitely around here too in Vermont. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that it's probably just starting out Mm -hmm. and that it will get even bigger. (laughs) Um, And I can't say I have much experience with it, but I, I'm intrigued and enjoy learning more about it. I listened to a podcast um, of a Vermont CBD um, company, and it was really interesting. So I think it's, I think it's kind of just starting out. What do you think?
0: Mm, Yeah, no, I agree. I'm seeing it more and more. And uh, it's something that I've been really curious about because I'm someone who struggles with anxiety. Um, I have tried it once in the past and I didn't have a great experience with it. And so I am curious about it. But hesitant. So, but I right. think a, it, it helps a lot. I've heard it helps a lot of people with anxiety, with sleep, um, potentially with like pain and things like that. And so I think it's also starting out. And I think we're probably gonna see a lot more companies um, you know, creating different products with it. I think we already are, but so mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's an interesting one. I think that's one that's here to stay too. Okay, this is one that I um uh, I mean I've seen a lot of. But I kind of specifically wanted to talk about it here because I think I think I know what your answer is going to be on this. (laughs) Well, you know, in COVID, when we were all, you know, sent away from everything and quarantined, right, or in the beginning of COVID, I think a lot of people were without a gym membership. And so they were trying to find more options for being able to move at home. So ditching the gym at home fitness, do you think that's a uh, here to stay? so last year or so 2020?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I personally think this is here to stay. Um, And I think it goes alongside of in-person group fitness classes, because I think there's a space for both of them, Mm -hmm. but, um, I don't know if I've even mentioned this on the podcast yet, but I have, I own virtual studio where I teach virtual classes and I just, it has been a huge game. It's been a game changer in my life and being able, especially as mom, um, to have at home fitness. And I wholeheartedly believe it's here to stay. Mm -hmm. What do you think?
0: No, I totally agree. Um, I used to be the person who was n- like needed to, who felt like I needed to go to the gym. Um, and I've taught group fitness pr- classes. so I also think that there is a place for group fitness classes and there is a lot of fun to just the energy of being around people. But I think that there are some really amazing online fitness um I don't even know what you call them like online fitness resources that now. Is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Classrooms. Yeah. And so I think there's so many more and it's, I think the last couple of years have offered a really cool opportunity for so many fitness instructors to take it online and to be able to reach so many more people. And there's so many more options to find different instructors that you resonate with. So I think it's great. I do. I I don't own a gym membership at all. Now I am very grateful that the, um, Preschool/slash co-working space that my daughter goes to does have a workout room with a Peloton bike. So I do get to use what? that a couple
1: of times a week. I That's know, amazing. It's amazing.
0: <laughs> I'm hoping they'll come up, they'll go up to uh go, go up wow. to Vermont for you. She's already um the owner um is fantastic. I need to have her on the podcast next year. I keep talking to her about getting on the podcast, but she has several locations now, um, but they're they're preschool, co-working, and they all have fitness centers in them.
1: Wow. They're that's, um, fantastic. Yeah. She's trying to, to get them all here. over the country.
0: And so uh, so I'm grateful that I'm able to do that. But everything else I do at home. And I think that a lot more people are realizing that you don't need a gym to be able to move your body. You can connect with some awesome instructors. Hint hint, Danielle. We will, we will <laughs> definitely link to, <laughs> to yeah. your online studio um, in the show notes. But I need to take one of your bar some of your bar classes. Not, not just one. I need to take oh, some of your yeah. bar classes. Is because my kiddos That's actually fun. really like working out alongside me too. Um, and I've done a couple of bar classes at home and they really like that because you know, it's kind of like dance, right? So yeah, it
1: totally <laughs> <Yes>. is. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, I love it. Okay. This one we kind of talked about before, but this is a trend that I've seen more and more, and I guess I sort of did it with my social media break, but taking a digital detox. What do you think about digital detoxes? I personally think
1: they're here to stay. (laughs) Oh, definitely. And I think it's great that people are like talking about the detox, the digital detox. Yes. Instead of just like maybe stepping back silently um, and having things be posted automatically, but really being like, hey, I'm taking some time for myself and this this is happening. You should too. I think they're here to stay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think more people talking about it was what made me feel better about taking a break. Because Mm -hmm. as a business owner, I know that social media is so huge. Like that's how I connect with my community. And that is how I share the things that I have to share. And so it, it is kind of scary, especially as a business owner, to take that time away. But I think the more that it's talked about, the more we feel comfortable. It's okay to not share every single moment of every single day online or being or sharing it online, it's also okay to take a break because I think it it also helps to, even if we don't feel like we're doing it, I feel like there's so much comparison when we're constantly scrolling Mm -hmm. and we're online all the time. And especially this time of the year, um, it can be really easy to compare to the beautiful homes that people have, the beautiful holiday spreads they have, or people's goals that they're setting for the new year. And so, yeah, I I think they're great, obviously. And I think they're here to stay too. So, okay. This is a trend I've seen. I've heard a lot of, especially on podcasts. There's been a lot of advertising for it. Um, But I guess I'm going to call it a wellness trend because as I was thinking things up, I'm like, okay, this what are the things I've heard a lot about this year? Um, And online therapy. So what do you think? Have you ever tried online therapy? I don't know if that's too so, personal a question.
1: <laughs> are you talking about like, so I, for me personally, I have had online therapy visit appointments because the offices were closed, but I think mm. that's different than the online therapy that I've maybe seen advertised on social media where they have like, it's specifically this wide range of providers that you get matched with um, and are more accessible because I think that the local network may be like flooded or overwhelmed. So Mm, is that what you're kind of talking about?
0: Yeah. I was thinking more like there's a lot more companies coming out with like, you know, you can sign up with a therapist online. And I didn't see that a couple of years ago, or I didn't really hear about it a couple of years ago.
1: I feel like it was almost taboo. Like, no, you have to go into the office to have a therapy appointment. Like this is a, I feel like a radical change since 2020. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's great and hopefully will give people more access to therapists.
0: Yeah. So no. I'm hoping
1: it's here to stay.
0: <laughs> I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. Yeah. I I do think it it does feel more accessible. I've had family members who were like a little bit hesitant about going to therapy just because I still think that there is still a little bit of a stigma, maybe around, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know, my female friends, most of my friends have gone to therapy in different phases of their life. And we've talked about it and we've talked about how helpful it's been. And I'm very open talking about how helpful it's been for me in different areas. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything from eating to working through childhood stuff. There's been a lot of things that therapy has been really helpful for me with. um, But I know like, you know, guy friends maybe are less comfortable, especially if they're less comfortable. I don't know. I feel like men and women are different in that way. This is a gross generalization, but they're not as quick to like talk to their buddies about the hard thing that they're going through. And it can be hard to, you know, talk. To go, oh, I'm gonna go into a therapy office, but it's a little bit easier when it's right. online or on your phone. Um, so I hope they're here to they're here to stay because I think it's it is way more accessible and can be a little bit more comfortable for people who might not be as uh, as into it. And we're also not sponsored by any of these things, by the way. There are a lot of podcasts that are sponsored by a lot of these different products, and just just to mention, wouldn't
1: that, that be cool? No,
0: yes. yeah, yeah, It would be cool. By the way, we have links for all of these things. No, we don't. <laughs> okay, and something else that has been my last thing that has been super trendy over the last couple of years. I'm sure you've seen this everywhere.
1: Intuitive eating. What do you think? Yes, <laughs> I totally have, and I I definitely think it's here to stay. My hope is that someday everyone is an intuitive eater and kind of knows what that terminology means. Um, yeah. What do you think?
0: I mean, I hope it's here to stay too. Um, <laughs> I think that it's been talked about so much more over the last so, couple of so years much. and it, it really does seem to be everywhere. And so I think that I, I do hope that everyone understands that it's okay to find what intuitive eating feels like or what feels good for you when it comes to intuitive eating, that there is no one right way to do intuitive eating. Because I do think in some ways, it has been. It's so trendy that it almost feels like there are like rules to intuitive eating. Yes, and that's something I've talked about here on the podcast because yeah. I think it's it's very easy to feel like oh now I have to do it like a diet, but you don't have to do it like a diet. It is about and really understanding it and understanding that the principles are just guidelines, and it's really just about finding what works for you. I hope that everyone can do that and that it continues to be something that is not a trend but is like the way instead of diets right. we. We are just intuitive eaters,
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> as we are born.
0: <laughs> yes, Important exactly. yes, yeah, so and we can pass it on to our kids, yeah, most importantly. okay mm-hmm. what are what are some of the trends, the wellness trends, and products that you have thought
1: of? So I've noticed a lot of things, posts and trends about IV drips mm-hmm. and getting infusions like wellness infusions. Um, what did it, What do you think about that?
0: Okay, I've seen these too, but I don't know if they're like available outside of like New York and LA. Do you know, do you have any around near you?
1: (laughs) Not that I know of. I've only seen them from larger populated cities. So yeah, I'm intrigued. I don't know much about them, but yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I've definitely seen them a lot too. And I definitely think they're a trend and I wonder I wonder if they will start coming to smaller cities and, um, well, as a nurse, I'm sure you've seen things similar to that in terms of like, I mean, they do nutrient drips in the hospital for certain things, but
1: (laughs) yes. Like I've put in many, many IVs, but not for like wellness or outpatient product, like Products, I guess. So yeah, I'm not sure how I what I think about this one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it'll be very interesting to see if they kind of come into smaller cities. So yeah. yeah. Interesting.
1: The second thing I've noticed uh a lot of um attention around, I'm gonna kind of group them together, is like breath work and manifestation, and they kind of go mm-hmm. hand in hand, I've noticed. So um, I've just seen a lot of that lately. Um, what do you think about that trend?
0: Mm, okay, well, trend? I don't know. I don't know a ton about either. Um, but as someone who, you know, I've mentioned a couple times in this episode, has always been an anxious person, breath work appeals to me sort of because it does, it seems like something where you connect more with your breath and it can maybe help to calm you down. <laughs> If if so, I mean, that's something that I would be interested in. Um, I've seen a lot about manifestation and I'm all for goal setting and creating a vision board and creating a vision and focusing on that. And if that helps me to achieve my goals more, then all the better.
1: <laughs> yes. So I'll I'll I was I'll
0: gonna say I gonna saying just saying. I think it's probably here to stay. At least the manifestation yeah. and and maybe breath work too, but I have to look more into it.
1: Yeah. I think that I, I don't know a ton about either um, as well. I'm just, I've di- just dipped my toe in, but I think, I think that these practices are something that kind of have been around for a while and are start resurfacing again. Um, and I think they're becoming a little more trendy. Like people are more familiar with the words, So I think that they'll become even more popular. Like they'll, this will be like the, year that they become bigger, I guess, is Mm. why I think.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I like that. I like that as a prediction. I think so too. (laughs)
1: Um, Another one on my list was the virtual fitness classes, which we already (laughs) talked about (laughs) are here to stay. Um, And I've seen a lot of people replacing their coffee or caffeine in the morning with other like quote coffee drinks, like collagen or (laughs) maca or something made of mushrooms. I'm not entirely sure what it's called. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm over here like hiding my face. Not that there's anything wrong. We, we have no shame around any of these things, <laughs> but I'm like, I am that person now. So you I quit coffee earlier this year. Yeah. So I was, so part for my anxiety, part for hormone balance, because um, I had my friend, Dr. Heather Rhodes on the podcast and I was like, okay, girl, give me the low down on caffeine. And she's like, you got to mm-hmm. quit it. And I was like, what and yeah. she's like you no, at least like you've got you got to reduce it and at that point i was drinking several cups of coffee a day and in my defense mm-hmm. i love coffee i really love the taste mm-hmm. of it i love the smell of it i love coffee but coffee does not love me and it doesn't love my hormones and it was not leaving me feeling good and so I quit coffee in May and I still, I do a very small amount of caffeine. I have a little bit of mm-hmm. tea, like black tea or green tea once or twice a day. Um, but it is honestly like the number one thing that I've done for my health this year. And so instead of coffee in the morning, I've started drinking mud water, um, which Ooh, you've probably was, seen yeah. advertised on on Instagram. And it was one of those things that like I saw so many times and I wasn't quite sure about it. And I tried it and it kind of, it's basically tri tea. And so there's a little bit of chai tea in it, but then there's also some turmeric in there, which is good for inflammation. There's some cinnamon, there's some cacao, which is raw cocoa powder. Um, there is some adaptogenic mushrooms, which I have used in the past, um, which I mean, it sounds like magical mushrooms, but really <laughs> they, they've actually been proven for, you know, a long time i want i don't want to, i don't want to give any specific i don't know if it's hundreds of years or thousands of years we need a mushroom expert on the podcast <laughs> um for many years uh to and they all have different um health benefits right like cordyceps is great for a natural boost of energy lion's mane is good for focus reishi is good for calming um those are the three main ones that I know I know a little bit about just in my in my own research and what I've seen and so there are some like adaptogenic mushrooms in there as well and so what I find is it gives me like a little natural energy boost in the morning and no crash which is really nice and I don't feel like it's definitely not a buzz like coffee, but mostly I just really enjoy it with some oat milk and I'll usually do like a couple drops of stevia just to make it a little bit or sometimes I'll do honey. Um, But I don't always love the flavor of honey with it, which is why I do the stevia just because it's neutral, just make it a little bit sweet because it does have kind of a robust flavor. It's a lot of turmeric, Um, but that's what I drink in the morning instead of coffee and it's working really well for me. So I hope it's here to stay because I mean coffee coffee has its health benefits too but i think it can be overdone as with anything and so i think it's good to have those alternatives
1: definitely and i think that people who want whose um coffee is working for them it will be here to stay for them and then people who need mud water (laughs) um (laughs) or a different alternative coffee drink like that will be here to stay for for those folks so i think you're right
0: (laughs) and you know what's interesting Um, i think that um for a while there, it was like matcha was the big thing. And I do love yes. matcha too, but I think I've seen a lot more of like these like elixirs and things like that mm-hmm. and rather than matcha recently. So, yeah.
1: Yes, definitely. And then the last one I wanted to mention that I thought of was um, non-toxic or clean beauty products, which I think have just been here to stay, getting more prevalent and more awareness around. Um, I know that I've done like a switch over to natural beauty products And skincare products and it's made a big difference for me. So definitely I think those are here to stay. What do you think?
0: Yeah, no, I think they're here to stay as well. And it's interesting. I feel like, I feel like a Q and a is coming on in the springtime. Once you're back from your maternity break, because I learned about, um, kind of a lot of the toxins in beauty products years ago, when I was first working on healing my hormones, like like a decade ago, but there was not a lot of great products out there. And yeah. so I was trying to navigate um, like really sensitive skin with a lot of like very crunchy kind of products a very long time ago. And there's ago. so
1: much more now. There's so
0: from. much more now and the products are so much better. And I ended up going like back and forth and back and forth between like better beauty products and I um, mean, like cleaner beauty products and ones that were not so clean, because I didn't find a lot that worked. And so there's so many options out there now for for skincare, for makeup, for all of that. Um, And I found and there's so many more that I have on my list to try to like different companies that I keep hearing about. And so I love researching more and finding more um, because I love doing a little bit of a little bit of pampering. Um, yeah. And uh, so yeah, no, I think they're here to stay too. And I think we're going to hear more about it. So I feel like that would be a fun Q&A talk. About our our journeys. That would that. be fun.
1: Let's do that. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> when When you're back from from your maternity okay. leave,
1: <laughs> sounds good.
0: Okay. So we have been chatting for a long time and it is getting late. And I know that um, (laughs) you as a prego mama are probably getting very tired because I'm over here getting very tired and I am not growing a baby. (laughs) So I thought it would be fun. That was the last on your list. So I didn't didn't even ask you if there was any more. (laughs) No, that's it. (laughs) Okay. So that was really fun though. That was a really fun question. Mm -hmm. I liked answering those. (laughs) Me too. I thought it would be fun before we signed off to maybe share a couple of our goals for the new year, maybe to maybe to inspire people or maybe just to kind of share a little insight on on what we're working on in the new year. Uh, before we sign off for the year, we're actually, this episode is out as you're listening to it, you'll know, a little bit early uh, because we wanted to be able to take a little digital detox and uh, sign off for the end of the year. So, so what
1: are some of your goals coming into 2022? Oh, I love to talk about this. Um, Thank you for asking. I have been working so hard on giving myself a maternity leave for Mm -hmm. 12 weeks from my business. So this looks like planning out 12 classes that will happen over the course of the the maternity leave. Um, And I did exactly what we talked about for this. Um, I broke this goal down into small steps. So I have a a Google spreadsheet with all my steps um, and have been crossing them off, checking boxes, but it looks like playlists, editing videos, um, uploading videos, finding some guest teachers, scheduling the classes to be released on my platform, um, coming up with themes for each month, and also sending out weekly newsletters with the class updates and any other um, things that I want to include in the in the um, studio for, for the week and the month. So that is a huge goal for me is to take a full 12 weeks off while also continuing to serve the members of my studio. And it's been actually, it seemed like it was all impossible to do because I've never done that before. However, I am now thinking to myself that, wow, I could potentially do this. Like, all the time, like batch content and make it um, cohesive in a way that I plan ahead of time. Um, so that's a huge goal for me. And I am very proud to say that I am on track to like meet that goal and make it happen. It's almost as if a maternity leave and have birthing a child doesn't give you an option not to meet it because <laughs> I physically like won't be able to teach for a while. So um, I'm really excited about that. And another goal that I have for myself is to create consistency in my movement routine, but I don't know entirely what that looks like yet. I'm, I know that my transition into motherhood, um, with one child, like my exercise routine ended up looking a lot different. It was still consistent, but it wasn't the same as before I became a parent. Um, and I don't know what's going to work for me and us as a family, but I know that getting consistent movement in my life and my week is, um, a non-negotiable for me. It needs to happen. And so a goal, a health and wellness goal for me is to create consistency in a way that works for my family and aligns with my values. So making it, um, shorter in length, doable at home, maybe, um, talk coordinating with my partner um, in a way for him to support me in this. Um, And then um, just kind of taking trial and error steps along the way. So for me, like this goal looks like a little bit vague right now. I don't have all my steps broken down, but I do know kind of a timeline of when I'll be able to continue start with my movement again, postpartum, hopefully. And I really look forward to that time. Um, so the other, and the other thing that the other goal I have, sorry, I have one more that I want to talk about. Oh my gosh. i um, apologize. I love hearing it. <laughs> the other goal that I had was I want to continue making a double batch or a double recipe of one meal a week, because I've been doing that from the time we first started doing these Q&A episodes. So what I've realized in doing this and preparing for postpartum is that it really doesn't take that much extra effort Mm -hmm. to make a double batch. So, and I really enjoyed having the flexibility of maybe not cooking one night or something comes up. We have food in the freezer or having leftovers to share with family and friends who are in need of it. So, um, I, I really enjoyed having that flexibility and taking a a few minutes of extra work to double make a double batch of a meal. So I want to continue doing that in the new year. Um, and Most importantly, I really want to have a a healthy family and a healthy birth and a healthy baby. Um, So Mm. I'm I'm really excited for that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh,
0: you have such an exciting year ahead. Oh, I love those. I love what balanced goals. And I, (laughs) you sound so on top of it with your maternity leave and getting all that together. And
1: (laughs) you're gonna do it. A lot to think think through. It's been a lot to think through, but. I, I sit down and I show my husband all, all of the, the boxes I've been checking off because as an entrepreneur, you're often working by yourself and no one sees all the hard work that goes on <laughs> yeah. behind the scenes. So I'm like, look at all these boxes I checked today or this <laughs> week. So he's my cheering squad. Oh, I <laughs> love it. What are some of your goals though?
0: Well, I just kind of wrote down a handful of them because like I, like I said, I did my vision board over the last couple of days. Um, And, you know, honestly, my number one goal for the new year is to really focus on in terms of wellness, especially is to really focus on my sleep quality. So last year I struggled Mm -hmm. a lot in the beginning of the year with my sleep just overall. Um, And I hadn't struggled with my sleep in a long time we had kind of a stressful season as a family in the first few months of the year. And I just was not sleeping well at all. And I was taking a lot of, not a lot of melatonin, but I was taking melatonin almost every night to try and get myself to sleep. And I weaned myself off of that. And I don't think there's not anything wrong with using melatonin on occasion. Um, But I really didn't want to be dependent on it. And so, but then I, you know, I've noticed inconsistent sleep and, there's still being a couple times a week where I feel like I've gotten a full night's sleep, but I wake up still feeling kind of tired. And so I really want to work on my sleep quality and quantity too, just more consistency with my sleep. So getting to bed at a time that feels good because my husband goes away so often. I find myself when he's here, like wanting to spend more time with him and But oftentimes it's not even quality time that we're spending together. We're just like sitting on the couch together too late. Mm -hmm. And then we end up going to sleep too late. And sometimes it's because we're up talking and I mean that's okay. And, you know, on occasion, because I want to actually spend that if it's quality time with him, it's worth staying up late, but it's more often. It's just like, well, I don't want to go to sleep because he's here and then he's going to be gone at the end of the week. And then we end up staying up too late. And I still get up early because I like that morning time. So, for me, sleep is going to be really big this year. So, focusing on sleeping enough, quality sleep, because I know it's so important for our overall health. So, That is really big. Um, Something else I really want to focus on. So one of my favorite podcasts, um, another podcast with some mom co-hosts is the Modern Mamas podcast. So I've had both Jess and Laura on um, the podcast here. And something that Jess has been talking about over the last couple of months in their Q&A episodes is um, Sunday dinners and doing Sunday dinners with her family. And that is something that like we, we do dinner together almost every single night, but I cook all the time for my job and I feel like I save the really nice dinners for like my cooking class students and or just special occasions. And I want to start bringing more of those kind of special dinners and maybe even doing more baking with my kids, which I know anyone who knows me is like, what? (laughs) I'm not a baker, but my kids love to bake. So really bringing in like slower Sundays and trying to do like a slightly bigger Sunday dinner with our family because my kids are old enough to help me with some food, like nothing overly fancy, but just, you know, bringing out my nicer meals and maybe doing something, maybe every couple of weeks doing like making a cake together or a pie or something like that, that my kids really, or maybe a batch of cookies or something like that, that my kids can do with me. I want to have more like slower Sundays and have that connected family time. Um, So sleep. Sunday dinners. um, From a business standpoint, I want to keep filling up my cooking classes. I want those to continue to grow my virtual cooking classes because I absolutely love them. Teaching classes is my I love podcasting but teaching classes is ultimately my favorite thing. Mm. (laughs) So I really love those. So from a business standpoint, if you guys haven't checked out my classes or Danielle's classes, if you want some virtual cooking classes or some virtual fitness classes, check out our links.
1: (laughs) Um, I feel the same way. I feel like it's just like the first thing I started with and maybe something that you began with too. It It is. Yeah. And it just, there's something really special about it. Teaching.
0: There is. Yeah. I guess it wasn't like the first, first thing I started with. I I did personal chef first, but it's one of the first things I started with. And yeah, (laughs) yes, it is. Yeah, it really is. I was just doing it you know, by myself versus to other people. And so, and I I taught private cooking classes for a long time too. And it's really fun to be able to reach people that I wouldn't be able to reach for people who aren't in like Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Connecticut area. (laughs) So, so yeah. um, So those are kind of my big goals. Other little goals are, I want to go camping with my family more this year. um, And I want to have more fun weekly date nights with my husband. So we do Friday night dates whenever he's in town. Sometimes we do them at home. Um, Sometimes we go out, but we've kind of been in the same routine of doing like the same thing and just basically going out to eat. And I want to do more fun things now that things are opened up more. So like going on a hike or we've done rock climbing before, maybe doing rock climbing. Uh, I don't even know, just doing more fun weekly dates with my husband. So those are some of my fun kind of little goals, but we'll hopefully make 2022 a little bit more special.
1: Yes. Those are awesome goals. I love yeah. I love the goal of getting camping. I feel like yeah. um I don't know <laughs> how to hike or get like hike or camp with two littles. Um, but I definitely we de- definitely didn't do as much as I wanted this past year. And that that's a another goal that I am inspired by and want to talk to my husband about. We'll figure it out. Oh my gosh. Well, we have this amazing
0: little, um, hiking backpack that actually my three-year-old is so tiny. She technically still fits into it. Oh my goodness. We have been hiking with our, my three-year-old, she's actually four now, but (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm like, I still think of her as a three-year-old. She only turned four a month ago. Um, but we have been using that since Sage, our eight-year-old was a baby. Like since she was, I think she was probably, she must've been like, five or six months old. So she wasn't a newborn. She was, it was, she was old enough to hold her head up. Right. Um, but Mm -hmm. as soon as she was old enough to hold her head up, there was even an insert, like a baby insert that, oops, I'm punching my microphone. There was a little baby insert you put into it. And then as she got older, you took the insert out. So she is still, cause she's like under 35 pounds. So she can still fit in it. And both my husband and I can still, um, it's a little bit harder for me now because I'm only, I'm only five feet tall. And so it's, She's a little long for me now, but we have put her in that hiking backpack, both of them in the hiking backpack since they were itty bitty and they've both been really comfy in there. Oftentimes they just fell asleep on our hikes. And so we've been doing that with them since they were really young. And I mean, you're in Vermont, you've got some amazing hiking. So
1: yes, definitely. Yeah. (laughs) So that's, that's a goal that I'm going to add to mine as well.
0: Yeah. Oh, get outside more. Well, let's see. Maybe we'll get up to Vermont this year. We can go on a family hike. That would be fun. I
1: actually really
0: do want to try and get back up to Vermont this year because, oh my gosh, I love it. And we were hoping to get there this year and we did not. So maybe, maybe next year.
1: Yeah. Well, next year's not that far away. So I know that's
0: true. Yeah. Except, um, <laughs> I prefer the um, spring, summer, and early yeah. fall, Vermont. I'm not so sure about uh, Vermont the first couple of years, but you won't be a, the first couple of months of the year. But you won't be available anyway, so you know, right? <laughs> I'm, guys, I'm just inviting myself to go on a family hike with Danielle. We have, we have not discussed this. <laughs> <ahead of time.
1: laughs> oh, fall would definitely be the t- best time yes. <laughs> if I had yeah. to pick.
0: Yeah, fall is fall is beautiful in New England, and so yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, it is getting late. This has been so much fun. I am so excited to share this with everyone. Um, So we will be back once more in January, as long as Danielle is feeling good. As long as you're Mm -hmm. feeling good, we will do one more Q&A together in January. And then Danielle is going to go on her maternity leave for a few months. Um, But I have some fun guest Q&As that I'm going to have coming up. We will miss Danielle dearly, but we'll get some updates from you. We'll Make sure that we uh we update everyone um when you're on maternity leave but to everyone i hope you all have a beautiful holiday season and a happy new year and you too danielle i am so grateful for you i am so i'm just so happy that you were willing to come on as my q a co-host it has been so fun the last four months together and i can't wait for
1: 2022 same this has been a highlight for me i've of this year and thank you for, um, trusting in me. And I just want to say that I'm sending love to all of the listeners and I hope that you have a happy and healthy holiday season and new year. Thank you so
0: much for listening to this episode of the healthy balance mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me. And as a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are meant for education and inspiration only and are not to be taken as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with a trusted practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.